talking at my boob. Boop. 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 I I just get really, really nervous. You have to do this thing that I do when I'm like going into a stressful situation or I feel like my emotions are getting the better of me is I go. I don't want to do that. It releases the tension that you hold inside yourself. Yeah. I'm recording this. <laughs> but it actually makes you feel better. <sighs> Greetings, <laughs> Northlings. <laughs> and welcome to Haunted Up North. It worked. See? Haunted <laughs> Up North is a ghoulish giggle fest of an otherworldly podcast dedicated to the telling of real life paranormal experiences from the quirky northern corners of the UK. I'm your host, Victoria, and I really hope you find yourself... It sounds weird now that I'm not grunting. Uh, I'm your host, Victoria, and I really hope you find yourselves scintillated, scared, and most importantly, entertained by the spectral tales you're about to hear today. Fasten your seatbelts. Grab a mug of something hot or warm, depending... Nailed it. (laughs) Depending on your preference. Hot or warm. doesn't have to be hot. You can have something cold if you like, I don't care, but do prepare to hide beneath your blankets where your biggest, bestest, most ghost-repellent socks and clutch your teddy bears tight, my friends, because we've got a special guest on today to tell us a chilling, thrilling, hair-raising tale straight from the haunted depths of the supernatural world. This is very poetic. Uh, it's scarily exciting. She's Jess Rose. Author, designer, and illustrator. She's been on before, and now she's back. I'm back! I couldn't be more ecstatic that you're back. I'm back, baby. (laughs) How are you, Jess? I am good. What news of the publishing world? (laughs) Not much news. I don't know. Nothing. I'm writing, working, doing the usual day-to-day life. Yeah. (laughs) So exciting. Uh... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm busy. I um, I've been writing new things, trying to figure out plans for doing new stuff and new book things, and publishing, like basically publicizing the books that are already out there. Still trying to do stuff like that, but that kind of comes in waves, and sometimes yeah, it's quiet, and sometimes it's not quiet. I understand now. (laughs) Now you've explained it. (laughs) Good. How are you? Um, I'm okay, thanks for asking. I've had a busy day, Mm -hmm. obviously working, but I've become rather obsessed with makeup foundation. Okay. And it's driving me a bit... I mean, I feel like that world is a world I don't really understand. I buy something and it looks awful and then I just keep wearing it. (laughs) Well... The thing is, I, I have these, I have these epiphanies. Well, it's not even an epiphany; it's just a desire. I'll wake up. I think it's a symptom of me getting stressed, but I don't know what. I don't understand it until mm. the symptom occurs. Okay. And it's I get I'm, I suddenly want to be free. I want to be free okay. of things that I'm expected to put on my face and Fair. do as a woman. Fair. <laughs> and I sometimes think I want to be free of foundation. I want to not wear it again. And I think it's going to happen and it never, ever happens. Oh. And then I think I'm not going to wear it and I'll, I'll get this foundation. I'll be happy with my own skin. And then I'm like, 
I, I, that just looks horrible. <laughs> it's not going to happen ever. And so I go on a mad rampage of nice. looking for the perfect foundation. Have you found it? Well, I've bought five foundations in the last month, <laughs> and which makes me sound like a bourgeois pig. No. But I'm not a bourgeois pig. But I've bought five foundations in the last month, and today I'm wearing the one that I had before. All well, of this. Your makeup looks very nice. It's a combination of two different foundations. Okay. I've got two more coming tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to put them on my face and not like them. <laughs> oh. But anyway, that's um, that's what's happening. Well, I always think your makeup me. looks lovely. Well, thank you. Probably because I obsess <laughs> over it. So <laughs> like you believe me. <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, I want to be free. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, I think like I think it's a symptom of over overthinking and overworking mm. and it manifests in something like that where i want to be free of an escapist reaction yeah, basically I get, I get an escapist reaction and i've also been having i mentioned last not last week it wasn't last week the last episode i did of the wesley poltergeist i've been reading a lot about that mm. and i've been reading a lot about the Bali rectory poltergeist is it infiltrating your brain well yeah the last episode, I mentioned that I, one of my reoccurring nightmares is of Poltergeist. And I have I have like three main reoccurring nightmares. One is that I have a lot of rodents or bir- or mice, rodent, oh. rodents or birds. Jeez. <laughs> if it's mice, it's they are reproducing at a rapid rate and I can't control them. And they're all in a very tiny cage and I don't know what to do and I can't feed oh, them or look after them. Oh, God. And the, if it's birds... The birds. These are dreams, by the way. Not this is a bit randomness. <laughs> Rats. Um, I, if it's birds, yeah. they are in a cage, and I've forgotten about them, and they're half dead. Oh no! And, but they're not dead. But they're just about dead. There's no water You're or food. You're having the situation that happens to me when I listen <laughs> to something for a period of time. Like me and my partner have been listening to like um, a podcast about like it's called Uncanny. Oh, I love um, Uncanny. Uncanny's amazing, isn't yes. it? So we've been listening to Uncanny before we go to bed, but like drifting off to sleep. Because it's that kind of thing. It is. like it's Supernatural like a, stuff gets you to sleep. Yeah, it does. And like, it's but great. Then. But then at about 3am I wake up thinking like someone's grabbed my ankle oh. or like there's someone whispering in my ear. Oh and no, I'm but like, you get Whoa. that anyway, don't well, you? Well, yeah, but it's like heightening it. So I've had to kind of be a bit like, maybe we're just not tonight because I can't yeah. keep waking up thinking there's someone at the end of the bed. It's so addictive though, isn't it? It is. And, but talking of that, I've been doing, because the guy that does Uncanny did the Bassey. Danny Robbins. Yes, yeah. Danny Robbins did the Bassey Poltergeist. So I've just literally, I'm in the process of going through that. But so not when, that. But, Well, we were. <laughs> but we have to time it as well for the days that my kids are there because obviously I don't want them wandering in with us asleep and it been like... The bed was lifting off the ground and the child was grabbed from the end of the bed. Like was a growl. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The second reoccurring dream nightmare that I have is that I have gone back to university, but Mm. I didn't agree to this. Oh, shit. I just wake up in this dream and I, it's the last quarter of the third year. Mm. This is England. We do them usually baseline. Yes. I don't know what I mean baseline. Normal degrees are three years. Yes. And I've gone back to university and I'm in the last quarter of the third year. No, yeah, the last quarter of the third year. And I haven't been to any of the lectures. I don't know what the God. subject is even. And You've I got to do I've a dissertation. Any of the modules, and I've got to do exams. Oh, no. And I'm like, but I, I can't. And I, and I, oh, I think no, I can. Oh, that's very stressful. But then, but in my dream, I'm like, 
I'm aware of the fact I've already been to university. I've got a degree. Mm. Don't need another one, especially a, a degree that I don't that. know what the subject I is. I hate dreams like that. But then I like, also love when you wake up and oh you're God, like the, the sheer relief. Like I've had ones before in the past and stuff's going on and I'm like, why is this happening? No, no, don't let this happen. And like shouting at myself <laughs> in my dream and yeah. then being like, oh, okay, that, oh, it's happened. Oh no, I've got to live with this situation that I've put myself in. Yeah, and then you, you put yourself in it, but you didn't yes, agree to it. You yes. don't how you put yourself you're like, in it. You're like, why is this my life And you now? don't even need it. Exactly. And then you wake up and you're just literally like, oh, thank, that's not real. <laughs> thank yeah. God, thank God. Maybe, like, it's just sheer relief. Maybe your brain does it so that you're like, your life isn't so bad, is it? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Stop complaining. Yeah. Maybe. And the third reoccurring dream is poltergeist. Mm. And that's what I've been having lately. So usually when I have a dream about poltergeist, it's... I've, mo- I've newly moved into a home, but there's a presence in the home and I know it's there, but it won't show itself to me, but I know it's there and it's mm. watching me. And mm. then sometimes nothing happens for ages in yeah. dreamland, even though it's like five minutes. And yeah, <laughs> it's literally like <laughs> you blinked and five it seconds. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's gone. And then just as I think that, it'll move a curtain. Oh my God, it's horrible. It doesn't sound as scary when I say it out loud as it is in the dream. And the dream is horrible. Or it'll move, just move an object very subtly. Oh my God, I feel a bit... (laughs) I feel a bit weird. Just thinking I mean, I've got to sleep at home alone tonight, so this is going to be great. (laughs) Um, You're never alone. No, there's always a poltergeist. (laughs) I'll I'll drive over and make it go. I don't know how I'll do that. Because you can't. But there won't be one. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, so that, sometimes it's that format. Sometimes there's an undiscovered attic or basement where the poltergeists mm. live in my house. I find a labyrinth, or the house oh. that I've moved into, I find a labyrinth of attics that are filled with poltergeists. And when I go up, it's the same kind of scenario. Oh. They don't let themselves be known. But, but then something happens, or it's a basement. Ooh. But the most recent one is... Take, it takes place in this house. And, nice. Really reassuring. And so, <laughs> and it's in my attic, but it does this Which I've thing. recently just looked at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mentioned my cat on every episode now. It's just the thing. I don't mean to, but it happens. Well, she's part and, of life. Yeah, she is. And so when I go up to the attic, this is in normal life. If I run up the attic at a certain speed, if I run up the steps, mm-hmm. she'll then run with me and follow Aww. me. Like, it's just the thing. She just loves doing yeah. it. If you run up any steps, she will run with you. Nice. Uh, so in this dream, I'm running up these steps and I feel my cat running up along next to me. Yeah. But it's not my cat. Oh, man, it's the poltergeist Ugh. mimicking the movements of my Ugh. cat. And making... Like that. That, isn't that... How can my brain conjure up something that disgusting and creepy? Uh, It's just horrible. It doesn't sound that scary when I say it out loud, but but in the dream it is. It's like mimicking things that you love. That's the thing that freaks me out about poltergeist the most is this this thing just playing with you. Yeah, it's it's not just like, it's not just that somebody's like, you know, repeating their life in the space where they were when they past or whatever yeah. it's like this thing that wants to torment and yeah. antagonize Blah. and no one really knows what the origins are well no. there's theories obviously well it's like when i'm listening to the battersea poltergeist thing at the moment and you just think to yourself well, that's not real but then you're like well that's just how did that happen and how did yeah. that happen like the bit that i've just been listening to is when this like journalist comes and stays in the house and she stays in the bed with the little girl 
and she gets her to put her legs in between oh, her hands yeah, and that. hold them so that she can see she's not clicking her toes and all this sort of stuff. And you're just like, well, how do you explain that? And some and of the why? stuff is too creepy. It's like the inner workings of a chaotic mind, but outside the mind, isn't mm, it, though? Yeah, Which totally. is why a lot of people probably think it's born from the chaos of, of someone's mm. mind, like stress or anxiety. Yeah, or. Mm. <sighs> I mean, you can imagine there's a lot of horrible things happen in the world, don't they? So yeah. That energy probably goes somewhere. Yeah. Blech. Have you got any scary reoccurring nightmares? I do, uh, but it's I. So when I was a kid, obviously we talked last time about the fact that I have that like night thing where I sometimes see figures in the room and that sort of stuff. But um, I used to have a reoccurring dream as a kid, and it would always it was a nightmare, and I would wake up like sweating and terrified. But never, and still now I can't tell you what happened in that dream or that nightmare. It was like. The only thing I can describe is whether or not there was like looming figures and things were like shrinking and growing. But I couldn't tell you for the life of me actually what happened, but it was always the same thing, same exact feeling, and it would make me feel weird. And then I would wake up and be like, oh, it was that thing again. But it was like a torment that I would know I'd have it again. And I hadn't had them for years and years and years. And then about seven months ago, I had the exact, it happened again. And I was like, but and I woke up in the morning and I was still like, well, what is that? Like, it's the exact same thing. It feels exactly the same. It was all these kind of weird, I guess the only way to describe it, it was like the sensation in that dream, yeah. in that nightmare was what was probably yeah. what I most remember. Exactly the same, but for the life of me, no idea what it was. Is it like a suffocating feeling? It's almost, I guess, it's, it's like being oppressed. Like people over me and like, leering and sneering and like this horrible feeling it's just horrible (laughs) i'm not laughing sometimes i'm scared (laughs) no i know it's just (laughs) but i can't tell you what it is and i'm just like oh i don't want that again please don't give me that again in terms of because you can't even make sense of it yeah or i can't be like oh this happens because like day to day if i have horrible dreams i've had some horrible like nightmares of things they tend to be loved ones and stuff happening to a loved one that mm. that tends to be what my nightmares kind of focus on like I don't I don't have I wouldn't say like you know you've had these things of you running up the stairs and that sort of stuff I think anything that I'm affected by when it comes to that is I'll wake up and have the feeling of something going on mm. so it's not in the dream it'll be That's like strange but then I know that I've listened to too much scary stuff yeah so just turn <laughs> it down a bit and then all my sleep will be fine again um I get like that after a true crime binge yeah it's, oh, it's yeah. still it's sort of like bad with supernatural stuff which i just basically read constantly well now, i true crime is the worst one. Oh yeah that's when i uh, i've been I listening stop. to a lot i know they're really addictive and then i'm like why do i feel so uh, but i said to my partner <laughs> the other day i was like well like tonight i'm home alone and I know I will get into bed tonight after I've locked up the house and everything. And I, I love being at home alone. Like I have no problem. I'm very comfortable in my own skin, being around myself and all that sort of stuff. So it's not that that's a problem. But I will lay in bed at night and I'll get myself all comfy to go to sleep, turn all the lights off. And then I'll think, oh, I Hopefully no one will break in and kill me tonight. <laughs> and then I go to sleep. And then in the morning I wake up and I'm like, oh, that's a good sleep. Oh, nobody murdered me. That's great. And I think that's not a normal response to well, life. <laughs> do you know what it is? Sometimes, you know, when you're really comfortable, if you've got a busy life, mm-hmm. which, you know, we all do, and you, 
if you get a moment of peace where you don't have anything to do, yeah. everything's just dedicated to you either going to sleep or relaxing, yeah. in my head something will pop up because oh, I think, yeah. oh, this is too good to be this true. This is too nice. So, oh, Here I haven't done this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to worry about that. Because it's, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like you're so involved. It's almost like being... robbing yourself of a nice, of, being, yeah. of things being nice and waiting yeah. for them. So maybe that's why you do that a little bit, maybe. Maybe. I but I do think when I get up in the morning, like, oh, success, wasn't murdered. And it's, it's, it's not grateful. a normal. I mean, it's not a normal thing, particularly in the UK. I don't think it's normal for people to just break into random homes and kill people. But well, mm. not. It sometimes is normal. <laughs> it's not normal. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm well aware it's not, and I kind of uh, say it's people, and they look at me like, yeah. I've got cameras. Just get some cameras. Sometimes if I hear a noise downstairs, I You're used just to. The camera. Yeah, but I used to like get up. I used to get a weapon and used to go like forget about Martin. Like, oh, whatever, I'll sort this. I'll get the weapon. I'll sort the person out. Nice. I used to go downstairs and search everywhere. I mean, it's not a big house, so it doesn't take long anyway. But like, if you've got a camera, you, you can. Check. You don't have to get out of bed, mm. and you can just have a look. And I've had the know. kids home alone before, and um, and I've thought I've heard noise downstairs, and I have just gone to the top of the stairs and be like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> like, some hello? big bloke voice. <laughs> Oh, hi. <laughs> In just, the hope uh, that that may be. Just after your car keys, don't worry. <laughs> Get <laughs> out. Oh, you do it in a man's voice? Yeah. Oh, that was your normal voice. <laughs> That's my like, nighttime voice. I do like a bloke voice in the hope that it, like, intimidates someone to do it again. Hello. <laughs> It's not very Maybe imposing. Not me. <laughs> I love the fact oh, you didn't no. even know I was doing a man's voice. I thought it was just you being comedy. I mean, I have quite a high voice anyway, so clearly I'm not <laughs> able to get down that deep. Anyway, stop. I'm just going to make my partner stay more. Yes. D- downstairs. Yeah. You sleep in the you lounge. You sleep downstairs. Have you got any more nightmares? Um, I... I have sometimes have nightmares that then are so upsetting that I wake up in the morning and I've like cried. And can you remember what they are? Yeah. Oh no. And you've and been crying. Really, and I've been crying and they're like literally breaking my heart. And then I wake up and I'm just like this. I'm so sad because no. I'm still like in this state of feeling this sadness. And then obviously there's like a, oh, oh good. That wasn't real. But then still like almost carrying the emotion of it. Oh, it's yeah. really hard to I shake it off. I, don't, I would quite like that to be when I've like, oh yeah. Then that wasn't real but yeah, it yeah. isn't it's still like there's a sadness there like yeah. that was partly a real experience that you had well it is though isn't it you oh, felt yeah. the emotions yeah, and you thought true. it was real so I, that's kind of my nightmares like I say it's when I wake up it's like there'll be a state of something creepy going on but yeah. not really my dreams my dreams are just more nightmares are more things that would really could could really happen like real threats to me that would yeah. break my heart or Aww. make me feel sad oh, it's all right. I don't have them very often. I was so scared by one of my nightmares the other week that in my head, my brain told me eventually it was a dream mm. and to shout to wake myself up. Oh. So I had in my dream, you know, in your dream, you can't open your mouth to yeah. shout, but it was like really slowly happening. And I woke up and I was like, ah, like, oh I, God, it's weird how your brain works. Yeah. Like it said, you've got to wake up from this. You can't deal with it shout and you will wake yourself up wow <laughs> and it worked it's weird isn't it the brain, I think is, the brain crazy. is so clever because I, I can say sometimes... crazy I don't mean crazy I, I know need to phrase that word out but it's it's, uh, it's wild it's, it's wild. wild yeah I have this thing that sometimes and I really like if I'm having a really good dream and I wake up and I need a wee 
I can get to the toilet, have the wee and get back. <gasps> really? And get back oh, into yes. the dream. Yeah. That is like, oh, oh, this is so good. I try for that, but never achieve it. Oh, I have. I have a couple of times and it's just like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, dreams can be good. Yeah. They're not all horrors and poltergeists. <laughs> Most of mine are, but... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, had, I can't remember having any... The last... I'm sure I do have nice dreams. I just, I don't... Mine are so random. Sometimes I have had dreams that I've done a really bloody boring day at work. <laughs> and then I wake up oh, and no. have to yes, go to no, another yes. day at work. <laughs> and you're like... Um, I dream those. Why have I done an extra day in my dream? Yeah, and they're really busy in your dream, yes. even though they're boring. And yeah. you're like, oh, God. And then you wake up and, and you're it's like, all oh, no, I've again. got to you're actually tired. go and do it. Tired from your dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine's. One of my most beautiful dreams... <laughs> Beautiful dream. I had a dream. I feel like you should insert some really <laughs> twinkly music there for like I, I my most find beautiful some. dream. I'm about to pay da, for da, it. Da, da, da. I just you do that. Do that again. Da, 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 da. I'll repeat that and play it over what I'm just about to say. I will do it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Is that Life is a roller coaster by Ronnie? I don't want that. <laughs> Nothing against Ronnie Keating though. It's, it is quite a good song, actually. Um, <laughs> I don't know the words. Yeah, the most beautiful dream I ever had was I was <laughs> I was an observer. I wasn't okay. in it. Yeah, but it was on. It must have been. It was nighttime, right? And it was on something like a, a moor, like the Yorkshire Moors, or something like that. Nighttime. Yeah. And the whole the moor was full. Not the whole moor, but quite a substantial part of the yeah. moor was full of homeless children. Right. That sounds bad, but it gets better. Um, <laughs> it was the most beautiful dream of and homeless it was, children. And the star, the sky was filled with really lovely stars oh. all over. And in the middle of the, of the children was Steve Tyler from Aerosmith. <laughs> and he was singing, I don't want to miss a thing, to all of the children. But don't every time... But, yeah, yeah. But every time it got to the chorus, my vision was like a film camera and it it's it's it moved panned. and panned into the night sky and showed all the stars and oh. then when it came back to the verse it came back to steve tyler <laughs> but it was beautiful what happened to the, all the homeless children they just got sung to by steve tyler right. that was his gift to them <laughs> to like make them feel better about being homeless <laughs> not, i don't know if he did that in real life dream. obviously you know I don't, i've never met steve tyler but the dream itself Nice. It was beautiful. Do you know what the most awkward dream I've ever had? Mm-hmm. Was when I was, a, <laughs> when I was a teenager. Was it as I awkward had, as what I just did then? No, I must have been about, I'm going to say like 15. Well, what age do you do your GC? No, must not have, it was before GC. You start at four, or you did in my day, you started at 14. You know, about 14. But anyway, you know, like obviously bodies are fluctuating, people are starting being sexually active. I had my first ever like sex dream, but <gasps> I had it about this boy at school, <laughs> this boy at school that I sat next to in English. And did you fancy him before? No, I didn't fancy him at all. And I didn't want to <laughs> fancy him. <laughs> and I had this dream. Why does the was... brain do it? <laughs> I don't know. And it was, Doesn't I don't even though. remember it now. And I remember it was in the PE, like, gym. In the tree. <laughs> yeah, not in real life. <laughs> and I went over to him and we did it on the gym mats. <laughs> so when you were 14 and I, you hadn't... 
I've oh, not even uh, ha- definitely had not had sex. So that was a personal any... question. I just presumed you were going to say fine. no. No, I didn't have any sort of sexual experience, so I don't have any idea what I was really. I don't imagine I actually was experiencing real sex. And did you fancy him afterwards? No. Oh right. That's oh, why so I didn't that's change why I'm saying my... oh, it was so the it's most horrible. awkward. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Because then you have to go into the classroom and you're oh, like, no. I had a really weird dream about you, and I've now got to sit next to you, and this is really weird. Because often, if you have a dream like that about somebody you never fancy ever and then somehow your brain no, like no, this no, is like i'm not talking about anything recent no trick but from the past it's like you sort of fancy them no but um but i've had dreams where i've uh, some kind of romantic thing yeah. has like happened yeah. in the dream i mean when and i'm then, saying a sex dream i don't have it i can't like don't it wasn't like have. playing out it was like again it was that thing of like i couldn't say i'd play it played out it was just this <laughs> feeling of the fact that this thing was happening between me and him and then i had to go and sit next to him and it was so horrible that is all. and i'm sorry you didn't fancy him afterwards i did usually um, when the romantic thing happens no in the dream, you fancy no them a bit afterwards, my brain just lived. was a... i'm sorry that's really awful that's so intrusive it was really unkind it is though yeah. i wonder why your brain thought that then i don't know hmm. he was my friend but i didn't have any sort of uh... maybe brain was saying go out with your friend <laughs> but your brain does weird stuff doesn't it, it just processes yes. things like you can have a dream Ooh. about like you know five things could happen in your day completely unrelated and then somehow your brain goes i'm gonna put that in a dream for yeah, you yeah the thing and you're that like, you were Whoa. thinking about yeah so i probably sat next to him in english my brain was like, you're yeah. a developing woman. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> and then merged them all into, and then it, I'd had PE that day. So it was like, boom, <laughs> there you go. That's a dream for you. <laughs> sorry. I survived. Survived. The Maybe he had one about you. Ooh. Um, no, that's I, don't want I don't know either. why I said that. It's like, <laughs> made things worse. I don't know where he is now. Oh. But I hope him, I hope him well. <laughs> you hope him well, do you? <laughs> well, I hope him well as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but nightmares would be a good topic to discuss wouldn't yeah, they yeah do you reckon we should ask the listeners to send me their nightmares oh yeah ask good them. ones then you can read them out ask them send us no send Vic some some scary nightmares you can send them to Jess as well if you want well, don't send you don't have me. an email address you only have mine <laughs> my email address is hauntedupnorth at gmail.com so the terrifying subject of today's episode is one you recommended. Uh-huh. Jess recommended this a while ago. Um, tell us what it's called and remind me of how you came to hear of it, please. It's called The Doddleston Messages. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, Well, I'd listened to it on a podcast, another podcast. What's it called? Uh... You sent it to me. Yeah, and I this can't... paranormal life, um, and they—they're a very. It's like a comedy podcast duo. They're very good, and it's like a comedy podcast. So I used to listen to them because they were kind of like a little bit creepy, paranormally stories, but they were funny. So I'd end up laughing because kind of act stuff out. But anyway, they did this story, and actually, it really freaked me out. Because I don't know if it's the way that they acted it out as well and a lot of it, but it was just something about it. It literally made my hairs on my arms like raise listening to it. And I was just like, oh, it's freaking me out. So I thought it would be a good one. Yeah, I perp- I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it after this. I purposefully didn't listen to it yeah, in case right. I copied, or because yeah, I, I I know even if I try not to, subconsciously I will. I mean, it was years ago that I listened to it, but you do right. It's definitely, a, it's a good one though. It, it is well, very very say, creepy. Yeah. So yeah. So it's called the Doddleston Messages. Yes. And Doddleston is a place. Yes. It's a real place. Uh, that's what the Doddleston refers to in the Doddleston Messages. <laughs> uh, Doddleston is a village in southwest of Chester, England, very close to the English-Welsh border. 
Uh, it's quite small, only around 700 people or so lived there at the time of the 2011 census. And do you know what it's got? Oh. It's got a village shop, wow. a village hall, a village green. They're just showing off now. And a post office. What? But it sounds very Midsummer Murders, doesn't it, Donaldston? Yes, it does. It's also home to a primary school. <laughs> you <laughs> would grade, expect. <laughs> yes, at the grade two listed St. Mary's Church and a pub. Called the Red Lion. It's got everything you need, really. Everywhere has a Red Lion. Yes. And also, yeah. No. (laughs) St. Mary's is grade two listed and the Red Lion is also grade two listed. So it's old. Yes. It's an old place. Yes. (laughs) It's a vibe. Uh, Yes. Furthermore, the village proudly showcases, (laughs) why have I written this? Exemplary architectural works by the renowned 19th century architect John Douglas. Wow. Wow. Sir Thomas Egerton, who lived from 1540 to 1617, a prominent figure who gained significance during the later years of Queen Elizabeth I and the early reign of King James I, was born in Doddleston. Mm. And despite his elevated status, he made a deliberate decision to be laid to rest, not in the illustrious... Illustrious? Not in the illustrious Westminster Abbey or St. Paul's Cathedral in London, but in the humble St. Mary's Church in Doddleston, mm-hmm. Cheshire. They obviously love the place then. Yeah. Well, it's great to listed, so... Nice. Classy. However, Doddleston is not just famous for being the birthplace of Sir Thomas Egerton. It's the setting of one of the most famous or semi-famous. I don't know anyone who's heard of it. No. So it's... it's I mean, it's, 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 a, it's not... It's a gem of a find. Yes. And whether it's most famous or most semi-famous... Maybe the locals know it. Yeah. It's nonetheless the setting for the compelling mystery of the Doddleston messages. For more than 35 years, paranormal investigators have been puzzled by the case of an allegedly haunted 1980s computer that purportedly began communicating in 1985, a time when the internet was not yet common and the computer itself had no network connection. So weird. A guy called Ken Webster documented these supposed paranormal events in his 1989 book, The Vertical Plane, The Mystery of the Doddleston Messages, which is a personal first-hand account of supernatural puzzle we're about to relate. Mm -hmm. I haven't read the book myself. I have not either. It comes highly recommended on Amazon. It's got four and a half stars and 240 ratings, of which makes up four and a half stars. So it, sounds, so it sounds like a good read. <laughs> um, maybe go and buy it if you want. But until that day, listeners, until that day when you go and buy The Vertical Plane, The Mystery of the Doddleston Messages by Ken Webster, let Jess and I regale you with our audible version of this highly singular paranormal parable. Right, listeners, you're in for a show. <laughs> During the autumn of 1984, economics teacher Ken Webster and his girlfriend Debbie were in the process of renovating their newly purchased 18th century brickstone cottage-style home situated in the charming village of Doddleston, Cheshire. Shortly after settling into the residence, strange occurrences began to unfold and Ken, Debbie, along with their friend and additional resident of Meadow Cottage, Nicola, Baguli? It could be Baguli. Baguli? I don't know why. Like I, I apologise if I have butchered your last name, Nicola. Uh, but anyway, these three people found themselves disturbed by a series of unusual incidents which left all three of with an eerie feeling of not being entirely alone in the cottage. Signs of uncanny activity began to manifest within the walls of the building, 
the first of which appeared as a series of small, six-toed footprints imprinted into and up along the dusty inside of the walls between the bathroom and the kitchen. I mean, I'd have noped right out of there. That is... um, So weird. I've never heard anything like that. Six, and there were six-toed footprints. Six toes. And also so it's they not went, a cat? No. And it went up the walls as well. Yeah. It's not like it's just somebody like walking, like, you know, Nicola brought a friend back who had six toes <laughs> and he wet-footed <laughs> walked through something. Spider-Man. <laughs> didn't even have six toes. Up the walls. Yeah, six toes. And just, it, it does, it's not even the ghost of a thing. No, it's not even. Yeah, it's like, what is that? creature and yeah, yeah anyway despite being unable to ascertain the source of the mysterious markings ken debbie and nicola initially dismissed them as a prank even at one point suspecting each other of making them but upon painting over the footsteps in an effort to conceal them ken was astonished and bewildered when the same six-toed footprints reappeared in precisely the same location As the weeks went by, further inexplicable incidents continued to plague the trio, such as strange chalk markings, sudden cold spots and chilling gusts of wind. Strong enough to lift a sheet of newspaper into the air, shadows darting in and out of rooms and a peculiar sound of disembodied footsteps. (laughs) That just... Strong enough to lift a sheet of newspaper. <laughs> like, Makes me think of someone trumping into a newspaper. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's what happened to them. <laughs> the mystery deepened when they discovered neatly piled tins of cat food stacked on top of each other in a pyramid formation, a baffling sight that had no obvious or apparent explanation. The supernatural encounters experienced inside Meadow Cottage took a significant turn when the entity who Ken believed was responsible for these disturbances attempted communication with him. Ooh, I already know what's coming and it's all just so weird. What are you going to do, you entity? (laughs) Yes, what are you going to do, you six-toed thing? (laughs) Ken, who taught at a local school, had brought home with him one day a borrowed BBC microcomputer, otherwise known as the BBC Micro, a series of microcomputers and peripherals? Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know either. (laughs) Created by Acorn Computers in the 1980s for the BBC Computer Literacy Programme. It was designed with a focus on education and was known for its durability, expandability and quality operating system. This sounds like an advert. (laughs) Get your BBC Micro and series of microcomputers and peripherals created by Acorn Computers. Anyway... Do the rest of the buy story like that. Buy, buy, buy. <laughs> Get yours today. That was a that squeaking. Was that was any kind of trump. That was not a trump of joy. That was my foot squeaking on the floor. Anyway, uh, so anyway, the, with the fact that it was a focus on education, it's probably why Ken had one. Oh yeah, because he was a teacher. Yes. Uh, soon after this computer arrived inside Meadow Cottage, typed messages began appearing on the machine's monitor with the first message taking a form of a cryptic poem. Poem? Poem. <laughs> it read. Oh, my God. It's your the point. Pressure. It's your time to be a weird <laughs> computer ghost. True are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, pretty flower. <laughs> Turn towards the sun for you shall grow and sow. I love this voice. Please maintain this voice for all the messages. <laughs> but the... F- <laughs> I'm ruining it! But, but the fl- 
flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out your bricks! <laughs> Get them out! Get your bricks! <laughs> Get out your bricks! Pussycat, Pussycat went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for there shall be your redeemer. That's deep, what it said. Deep. Days passed and yet another equally puzzling message arrived, featuring old-fashioned spelling, vocabulary and regional dialects from the 16th and 17th century. This one said, I write on behalf of many. What strange words you speak. You are a worthy, in brackets good, man, who has a fanciful woman, and you live in my house, in brackets, who dwell in my home, with lights which, in brackets, the devil makes. It was a great crime to have stolen, in brackets, bribed my house. L.W. That's, that's it, signs it, L.W. Yeah, weird. L.W. In this second message, the entity who signed their name as L.W. is asserting that it writes on behalf of many, seem to be hinting at the possibility that there were other entities coexisting alongside them within the house. Despite a sense that the writer harboured some admiration for Ken and Debbie, the heart of the communication sternly reprimanded the couple for laying claim to the entity's dwelling, presumably Meadow Cottage, accusing them directly of committing, in its eyes, a grave crime. The hint of bewilderment evident in the message, with its references to electric household lights as light that the devil makes, suggested they were perplexed by unfamiliar household conveniences of the present day, and speaking to Ken and Debbie for a period of the past in which electricity had not yet been discovered. Could you imagine being a ghost and witnessing electricity? Yeah. And just other things and just been like, what is this witchcraft? <laughs> Have you ever... What was the... Oh, my God. I'm going to have to find this thing here. Sorry to interrupt your story. That's fine. I'm going to have to go down a Wikipedia hole to try and find the actor that is in the show. Colin Morgan is the actor, and he is in a supernatural show that I don't think they ever did a second series of, even though it was... I really loved it. Um, Where is it? Hmm. Was it a film? It was a ghost film, and it's what I always think ghosts are. That they're two planes colliding and mm. seeing each other from different perspectives. Yeah, ah. and periods of time. And he was in a show, and I don't know why I can't find it. The Living and the Dead, that's what it's called. It was oh. 2016, I thought it was more recent than that. The Living and the Dead, Colin <laughs> To me, Morgan. 2016 is quite recent. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's not. It's a long time it's ago. It's not, really. I know. But I just feel like, what? The 2000s, you know when you have like... The 40s and the 50s yeah. and the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. They all have a distinctive style, yeah, don't they? But no, the Anything from 2000 a... onwards yeah. is just <laughs> I feel the same. I'm like, well, yeah, that was like last week. But there nope. isn't anything so dis- obviously distinctive, isn't, is there, no. really, past the 2000s? Not in the way, not in the same way, I don't think. No, now we'll just be pre-COVID and post-COVID. Well, I think it's because also youth culture overlaps into other yeah. ages now in ways that it didn't used to. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, like post-60s, it was very much like youth gone wild type thing. Yeah. Um, but now it's just like everyone has access to the same things yeah. with technology. Very true. So you get diff- you get wildly different age ranges watching the same thing. Very true. Um, so it's probably a bit like that as well. Um, so anyway, this film. Yeah, this TV show. Basically, two planes of existence are colliding. Mm. And at one point... Someone in the present 
is reading like a Kindle or an iPad or something, and they're walking through the woods and they're appearing to Colin Morgan, the actor Colin Morgan, um, when he's in the past. And you can see them as a ghost. Yeah. And they're holding what he says is a book of light. Oh, and I always yeah. loved that, Weird. a book of light. Yeah, it's like cool. he's thought of like, it's like a magical, mystical thing. And it would but be, yeah, wouldn't like, it? Like, how can you conjure light yeah, it's weird. from seemingly nothing? But there's so many things you just think, well, how would you explain that? Like if an alien landed on Earth and they had no, I don't know, just trying to, or like somebody from the past was brought back to life. Anyway, okay. over the course of the next 18 months, more messages appeared and so, determined to unveil the identity of the writer, Ken posed a series of questions seeking to ascertain the sender's origin, college attended. I mean, that's very specific for the period of time of which they think this person's yeah. from, that they went hunting for where they went yeah. to college. Oh, um, I think it might be relevant later, maybe, actually. Oh, okay. Maybe slightly. Fine. And the reigning monarch of the time in which it was speaking, hoping to gain more insight into who this phantom individual was. After initially introducing themselves as Lucas, the entity's true name eventually emerged as Thomas Harden or Howarden? Howarden? How, how, how Arden, Harden. Harden. Haw Warden. <laughs> the Haw Warden. <laughs> yeah. H-A-W-A-R-D-E-N. A former vicar who served in a Gloucestershire church during the 1550s. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Thomas appeared suspicious of Ken's intentions, strategically setting traps to test if he was truly from the future. One such trap involved mentioning Jesus College in Oxford, which had not yet been established during Thomas's time. It had actually been founded in 1571. Lucas believed that anyone from the future would recognise the discrepancy as obvious false information. Why would anyone know that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remarkably, during these curious exchanges, it appeared that Thomas had the unsettling ability to observe Ken and Debbie within their home. Um, no, <laughs> that's where I'd be See, like, this is the I don't want this thing that's actively... Thing. Well, yeah, because it's like, it's actively aware of conscious behaviour. Yeah, that's... so what is it doing while it's watching you? Yes! Does it go to the loo? Like, is it just, what is it doing when they've gone out to work? Just sat watching this morning on the TV. Is it this morning around in the 1980s? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Yeah, it was because he used to Good jump morning. on that map, didn't he? <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember on this morning when they do the weather and he had to jump on this giant oh, map on yeah. the river? <laughs> yeah, him. <laughs> Who was it? I think he's been arrested for oh. sexy crimes. Oh, is it? Sexy. I think so. Well, let's not talk about but him. But I do. Then. It was. It was the 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 the, the, the map was fun, wasn't it? The, the map. The map on the water that he oh, nearly God. fell in was great. <laughs> yeah, jumping from it was a unique experience. It was a it unique. Was it was very British performance. Yeah, it was very British. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, yeah, is that what he's watching? <laughs> yes, <laughs> By that point of time, when they're out at work, is Lucas enjoying the devil's light from the telly? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He loves it now. Nice. Not only was he watching them, but he was making comments about certain pictures that had been left by Ken in close proximity to the computer, notably a picture of a Jaguar car. It said, I have found your picture of the cart. <laughs> But it is a crude thing, for without the horse, it won't go far. <laughs> <laughs> this persistent dialogue between Ken and Thomas became even more bizarre when Ken mentioned living in the year 1985, and Thomas replied in apparent confusion, I thought you were also from 2109, like your friend, who brought the box of lights, pray. Shall I do that again? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I thought you were I thought you were also from 2109 like your friend who brought the box. I can't say it. But that year is really confusing. <laughs> I hope I don't year live to 2109 because I won't be able to say what year I live in. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Should I do it again? I think we should leave this in because I would like to see anybody say 2109 and it feel normal. I'm not very good with numbers. But it also doesn't... It was 2109. If you were saying 2010, it's 2000... No. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't say the year two one two thousand and one hundred and nine. I don't know what I don't, you're saying. I don't know how to say road names either. Two one oh nine. Twenty one oh nine. You wouldn't. You'd probably say twenty one oh nine because people say twenty 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 three, don't they? I should have said twenty one oh nine. Yeah. But would Thomas say it like that? Maybe not. He would say the actual. He would say two thousand one hundred and nine. Say it like me. He would. His cure, ill. <laughs> that's a word trick. <laughs> his curiosity ignited. Ken typed a reply to this, addressing it as, I've got to do it now, addressing it to 2109. <laughs> <laughs> or, or addressing it to, to, what did we say we said to be? 2109. 2109. It has to be an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> addressing it to 2109 that's an awful american accent i apologize uh hoping oh, for a response it. to his amazement he received the following response try i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna say this in a different voice great try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall in your lifetime change the face of history oh. We, 2109, must not directly influence your thoughts, but offer guidance that allows room for your own destiny. <laughs> all we can say is that we are all part of the same God, whatever he, in brackets, question marks, no, in brackets, just one question mark, <laughs> in brackets, one question mark, is... In an exchange that now featured supposedly three separate voices from three separate timelines, 2109 began to initiate conversation with Ken and Debbie in a distinctly differing tone and language, claiming they were involved in an experiment or higher purpose, yet remaining secretive about its purpose. They also expressed their irritation towards Ken and Debbie upon discovering Lucas's true identity as they feared it might interfere with their undisclosed plans. Intrigued and seeking clarity, answers, as well as a resolution, Ken invited the Society for Psychical Research to Meadow Cottage for an in-depth inquiry. However, despite attending the location on as much as three occasions, investigators failed to witness any significant paranormal activity and departed without concrete answers. As time passed, Thomas asserted that a compelling force was driving him away from his land and subsequently all communication from him ceased, leaving no further trace of his presence. Before vanishing, however, he claimed he would leave a book behind for his friends to find in the future. In connection to this, 2109 mentioned that a book would eventually be found, yet sadly no such book has ever been unearthed upon the property. So the story remains to this day an enduring enigma, leaving paranormal enthusiasts with more questions than answers about the unexplained communications from both the past and the future, prompting outsiders to contemplate whether the Doddleson messages were merely the result of a computer glitch 
or whether Ken Webster himself fabricated them to capitalise on public fascination and profit from the mystery. The question to this day remains, were the Doddleson messages origins supernatural or a fabricated hoax? Ah! I don't know. What do you think? Well, I remember when I was listening to this story that it like really affected the... Re- I think the, the housemate moved out because it was like... Is that Nicola? Yes. I think she ended up moving out because it was so stressful. And I also think their marriage like had some issues because of the, stra- the strain oh, really? of this weird thing. I vaguely remember that. I know nothing about it apart from what was just read. Yeah, well, I I vaguely remember when I was listening because they go, it's like a three part podcast at the end of it. I should have done a three part podcast (laughs) (laughs) in the future. Um, But I think it put a lot. Three different timelines. I think it put a lot of stress on their relationship, which is why, again, at the time when I was listening to it, I remember thinking, like, well, if this was just Ken typing weird stuff, that then ultimately you would. You'd stop if it was like having such a detrimental effect to your relationship, and I think as well they um they they involved a lot of people in the language and stuff like that. I think that, and so for that reason, so it would have it been makes hard me to fake. Think, yeah, it's just a weird thing that he started like doing if he was doing it. But I don't. I kind of. I'm like, I don't know. Why would you do that? Why would you bother? It's such a weird thing. It's not like just having a ghost in your old house. So I think it would, if you, I'm sure if you read his book, you would find out more about how these messages first arrived and in what form and how long they were between each message. Because you sort of have in your head that kind of he's just typing to this thing constantly. Yeah. But then it could be, it could have been, it could be like a month between each message, couldn't it, or something. But I think as well, in amongst the things happening, stuff was still happening around the house. Oh, oh, so it wasn't. As well. So So it it wasn't like all that stopped and then then that started. I think there were still things like stuff would move around their house. Oh my God. And they would be like perplexed as to why that had moved. Books would be moved and like open that weren't open before. So I think they were basically just like terrorized within the home as if there was people living there with them, but they weren't. So yeah, it was weird. So scary. I would love to know if the bloke had six toes though. The well, guy from the past. Very small. <laughs> <laughs> and he could walk up walls. Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot the walking walls bit. <laughs> but you never know, it could be I don't know what I was gonna say. I was, you know, like when they see ghosts walk through walls, and that's because yeah. there didn't used to be a wall. But people didn't used to be able they to, didn't walk, to yeah. <laughs> walk parallel gravity, to the gravity's ground. Gravity's always existed. <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't know, adjacent to the ground, whatever it is. What is it where it's the opposite? Right angle. You know what I mean. Uh, Y-axis or X? What? I don't know. Horizontal? <laughs> I don't think people used to be able to do that. No. Um, is the house still there? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to type. Sorry for the typing noises. So, Meadow Cottage, Kinnerton Road, Doddleston. Nice. Are they still there? Ken and... Well, I don't know. Ken and Debbie. Meadow Cottage, Kinnerton Road. So, it suggests there is a Meadow Cottage, but when you put it into... um, Well, when I click on maps, though... Oh, hang on a minute. Cheshire West and Cheshire Council, planning applications, singles... That's not it. If I put Meadow Cottage and click on maps it comes up with it doesn't That's come my tummy oh. <laughs> it comes up with it doesn't find it basically oh maybe it was that but i terrifying. think there's a meadow farm 
It says Meadow House Farm, Doddleston, but that's mm. that says that says Doddleston Lane, Pulford. That's not it, but that's in Chester. I just can't find it. Basically, I can't find. Type in Meadow Farm and then Ken and Debbie, and then hit News and see if it comes up with like more recent things that have happened to them. Where are you now? Oh, Ken so they they didn't split up, did they not? I can't remember then... that. I just remember that there was like just a lot of stuff kept going on and on and on in the house. News. And I think it just as comes well, up with an article I've seen before. I do vaguely remember. I think Ken and Debbie, the person who they, you know, that they found out who the guy was from the past, Thomas, whatever his name was. Yeah. That they actually found out that he was like sent off to something, some sort of battle or something. Oh, really? And that that's why he dis- like there was a. I think they looked at the history of him, and there was this whole investigation that they were doing with people. I mean, like I said, I haven't. So they think he was a real person. Yeah, I think they think he was a real person from the past. They didn't find any books or anything like that, though. Obviously, but I do think, if I remember rightly from listening to the story, that there was a correlation with somebody and the fact that he around the time that it would have been when he said he had to leave, that he did actually leave the area. Um, So unless Ken's like secretly a night going to the library and doing history of the local area research. It's not like you had the internet to just hotspot Google stuff, did you? I know he was an educated man, but he only taught <laughs> economics. It's not they like all he speak taught... like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an educated man. Um, no, like... <laughs> but the, it's not like he was learning, you know, it's not like he was teaching English literature or I just think it's a very, it's such a weird scenario to be happening. And it's, you know, if you were having the footprints oh, and all that God, stuff at the beginning going on and you wanted to get attention, why would you suddenly start saying you were getting messages from two timelines? Yeah. Like, it's really yeah. weird. Yes, yeah, why would you do any of it? You you would make a more succinct tale of, like, I have a poltergeist and it moves stuff and it leaves me notes on my PBC computer. But you wouldn't be like oh, it's left me this from this timeline, and then it's left me stuff from the future. It's very weird. Unless he had some idea in mind that he wanted to sort of promote some kind of different type of thinking about alternate times communicating to each other and that it is possible, and he maybe just wanted to open up that idea. Maybe he just wanted his book book published. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shall um, Shall we ask Skynet... Uh, if uh, where that house is so I'm obsessed with it I'm just going to type it in and see what it comes up with sometimes it um, find the house doesn't uh, choose an account I don't want that typing in my account name I need to sneeze you're going to have to get rid of it do it I can't it's not coming out look at the lights I'm looking at the solar size of that owl why has it got no eyes it reminds me of something at the wicker man does that owl oh it reminds me there's an owl I'm just looking at in um, in Vic's living room that reminds me of the owl from that. Is it something and the Argonauts? Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. Do you remember that little owl? Oh yeah. No, it's not Jason. It's um. Oh. Is it Clash of the Titans? That's it. Clash of the Titans. Be- is it called Bo? Be Bobo or something? Yeah. But it, that your <laughs> owl reminds me of that. I do. I think that's why I actually got that in Howarth before we moved to Howarth. Nice. A long time ago. Back in the past. Um, was it back in What is the name of the owl pardon? <laughs> back in fifteen oh five. Thomas fifteen twenty Lucas. What is the name of the owl in Clash of the Titans? <laughs> We've gone off peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I wasn't meant to be asking Skynet this. Uh Boobo. Boobo. Oh, I love Boobo. Yeah, it doesn't look like that. 
uh, what am I asking? Is Meadow Cottage still around? The cottage that was. Have the, they got a new computer? And the do the ghost talk to them for the Doddleston messages? Very fast. In Doddleston, Cheshire. I'm giving it as much information as I can. Doddleston, Cheshire. Um, still there. <laughs> is it still there? What's it going to say? It's always exciting, this bit. What are you going to say? No. Oh. Meadow Cottage. The cottage... The cottage... The cottage? <laughs> the cottage that was the setting for the Doddleston messages in Doddleston, Cheshire, is no longer there. It was demolished in 2002. What? That's what Skynet says. It was says. full of six-toed people that can walk on the wall. Uh, the Doddleston messages were a series of paranormal events that allegedly occurred in Meadow Cottage in 1985. Six-toed footprints, mysterious voices, stopping on a computer, mm. investigated, not sure whether they're genuine. Uh, after the events in 1985, Meadow Cottage became a popular tourist destination. Mm. However, in 2002, the cottage was demolished to make way for a new development, the, dem- the demolition of Meadow Cottage was, was a controversial decision and some people believe that it was done to cover up the truth <gasps> about the Doddleston messages, maybe to cover up the book. Maybe the book was a special Ooh. book. However, there's no evidence to support this claim. No evidence. I wouldn't know because Ken and Debbie were supposed to do something extraordinary. Are they just like, what are they doing now? Shall I say, where are Ken where and are Debbie? Where are Ken and Debbie? Where are Ken and Debbie? <laughs> The couple who lived in <laughs> who the lived in Meadow Cottage in Doddleston, um, who now? found the what could be the most the mundane messages. thing that they are doing that was not future twenty one oh nine teaching still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's to say? I was going to say. What are you doing, Ken? Oh no! Oh no! What? They lived in Meadow Cottage in Doddleston and found the Doddleston messages. They're now deceased. Ken died in 2005, and Debbie died in 2017. Oh, oh my gosh! Well, that's sad. In the years after the sorry, in the years after the Doddleston messages, Ken and Debbie's health declined. Ken suffered from heart problems, and Debbie oh. developed cancer. They both died in their early 60s. Their deaths were a loss to the paranormal community. Two most credible witnesses to the Doddleston messages. Well, R.I.P. Apparently they're buried in Doddleston Cemetery. Their gravestone is marked with a simple inscription, Ken and Debbie Jones, they lived the paranormal. Nice. I'm glad I typed that in. Yeah. Even though it's sad. Now we know. That's a nice... Great headstone. Maybe we should go visit it. Pay our respects. Didn't we say we were off to see the um, Witch Elm thing last time? We should do a big tour. tour. A tour of the supernatural sites of Britain. Can Hello. I please type in... Oh, is my cat here? Hello, you've got a cute walk. Have you got six toes? Hello. Is she being nice? She is. She's smelling me at the moment. Is okay? Are we friends? There's a picture here of Scylla Black. <laughs> <laughs> What's the relevance? I don't know. Just she was sending messages <laughs> from the Doddleson messages. Oh, I can't find it. Oh, hang on a minute, Doddleson. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna what stop. do you think? <laughs> what do you think? I think maybe he was trying to open up minds. Okay. But at the same time, I think I'd just have to read the book to really know. Yeah. Because it, sound, it sounds like a poltergeist, doesn't it? Yeah. And it could be a poltergeist pretending, pretending. It could, could be, be pretends, 
it could still be a supernatural source, but it could be, like I was saying, a poltergeist was pretending to be my cat in my dreams. Mm. And they do mimic behaviours. Like, mm. you know, sometimes people can hear someone Just calling for them take. and no one's calling them. Yeah. Like in... Um, yeah, oh God. No, that one really freaks me yeah. out. That probably freaks me out more than anything else that does. It's when people, like voices. kids, say that they've uh, their mum's called them yeah. and then they've like gone and the mum's like, I didn't say anything. Have you and you're like, heard? nope. I'm just, nope, nope, nope. I've heard a few quite scary stories usually on television mm-hmm. you know like tv shows like haunted or something mm-hmm. and of people walking outside someone's house mm. that they know like there was a story where a woman was walking towards her son and daughter-in-law's house mm. and she she heard her daughter-in-law s- raging and swearing and saying really really horrible swear words like all the filthiest thing you could ever hear and so she went away just from the house she was disgusted and then she saw her the day after and and the mother wouldn't speak to her the daughter-in-law she was like why aren't you speaking to me she was like i i never knew that you could say such horrible things like that and she was like i wasn't even in the house but she heard in her voice oh it gives me yeah anyway they mimic things that's what i mean stuff like that stuff Yeah, not keen on that. So what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, we're not going to know now because they've no. gone away. They've gone they've away. away. They've gone away. They've gone away trip. <laughs> Maybe it was them. A forever trip. No, it's not them because the timelines don't coincide. I don't know. Maybe it's something playing trickery. And a book. Oh, the book. He wrote a book. Yeah. Oh, wow. Though, Did we? you just make that connection? I hadn't. No, I said that. But and I ignored you, did I? <laughs> you were too busy trying to find the house. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've just thought of a great idea. <laughs> I feel like I need to read this book. How good is this book? And I'll, how much money do we make on the book? Yes. I'll buy okay. it. And you, you buy can, that you book. Can borrow it off me. And then we know yes. we'll read Ken's words. I'm so excited. But they definitely did get historians in and all sorts of people to translate because I think they didn't even know what half the messages said at first. Which is when it's, I think that's why it's the most perplexing because I don't know. Yeah. It's just. You would have to, like you say, and a teacher doesn't have that much spare time that no, they can do that. Marking they can learn. Stuff. It's just weird. It's a weird it's story. It's very weird. And I think it's just very unusual. It's not like the classic, oh, there's a ghost and it moves stuff or it terrorizes my kid. It's just a bit obscure. And I thought it would be a good one. So, it's an excellent one. Um, but then but, it could just be a very weird and elaborate tale. I want it to be a ghost, though. It would have been cool if they actually found a book. Yeah. That would have been good. But he did write one. He did. And I'm going to find it. (laughs) I'm going to read it. (laughs) Sign off with the voice. I'll say bye first. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. And for letting Jess and I inject a bit of Doddleston soul into your day. <laughs> Perfect. Long live Chester and all who want her. <laughs> <laughs> who did I sound like then? Oh, anyway, oh. and may her power forever compel you to never presume you're safe from the clutches of a tech-savvy afterlife. <laughs> Or future life, in this case. <laughs> or any life. <laughs> That's not like yoga. Get a life. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Get a life. Bye. Bye.
your BBC Micro and series of microcomputers and peripherals created by Acorn Computers. Anyway. <laughs>